Welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Today we are joined by Father Frank, Chris, Kate, and Tyler, who are discussing using media to evangelize. Well, here we are, World Day of uh, Communications. I always like these because it usually surprises people. What well, does the church know about communication? Yes. Twelve apostles, now what? How many? Is there a billion Catholics? More than that? Yep. So just we know a little bit about they were how pretty to ragtag bunch. Effectively. Vatican Radio, right? One of the first. Yeah, Vatican Radio. That was Marconi. Yeah, yep. it's, it's, it's amazing. But you know, it was interesting how much play this this World Day of Communications thing got about fake news. Yeah, how relevant. Yeah, but it, the funny part is, is that this came out like these these usually come out a couple months before, two or three months before, and it's dated. The, always dated the Memorial of St. Francis de Sales because he's a patron saint of communications media. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, de Sales Media in the Diocese of Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah. Telecare. Oh, Diocese of Rockville No, that's Center. Rockville Center. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's right. If Monsignor Jim Vaughn is listening, we'd love a <laughs> signed headshot. <laughs> He was just—he just—he was just together with the Pope. Yes, he was. What's that? When is World Communications Day this year? It happened already. Back in January. Yes, right on the, and that's when—and that's when this actually hit the, the new because they the Vatican did its usual push, out, uh, through its its social media and so forth, and then people started then people noticed that this was was there and it made a lot of secular media you know. Pope talking about talked about fake news as if he had given an address on fake news. It was really kind of funny how how they spun the whole thing when this came out back in January, or well, as I said, it was already out, and they spun it into this whole thing that he had given this major address on fake news, which was fake news. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it it was really fascinating, given that this was the what fifty second world. Day, world Communications Day? Man, I would have loved to have been around for the first World Day of Communications. <laughs> that must have been quite the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. It would have been Paul the Sixth. There was TV then. Yeah, Conquerors of the Moon. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I just... Talk about, about fake news. We well, remember we didn't go to the moon. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> when, you, you, when you think about, right... Oh, here we are, 52nd World Day of Communications. 50, we've had 52 of these days. And thinking recently, it's older than I am. <laughs> recently, just thinking about the church, you know, is making strides in the way they are communicating with the world. Pope Benedict XVI, the first papal tweeter. Um, you the, know, not that, not that Pope Paul VI and all the other popes, didn't, they didn't have Twitter, but when you think about it is the church has really always kind of been at the forefront of what's new in communication. Wasn't that great when they slipped the white a- iPad in front of him? And he, and he just tapped? He just there yeah, was. tweeted. Yeah. And now Pope Francis uh, opened his Instagram account. Um, what was that, just last year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's, that's getting uh, a lot of... Interesting play. Although that's a single account. The Twitter accounts are seven, including in Arabic. 
something like Latin. that. Latin. Oh. Latin. There is a tweet. Latin, Spanish, Italian, English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in, on Instagram, he'll just have. Yeah, they usually translate it mm-hmm. in different the, translations right. for that one post. Well, because images are universal. Image has no language. And there's never been more Catholic images and videos out there for the world to digest. You think of all the, if you just go on YouTube or Twitter, there's so many Catholic videos, like uh, teaching videos, evangelization videos, uh, inspirational videos. You think of like Chris Stefanik, Bishop Barron, Catholic Apostolate Center. Mother Angelica. Yeah, EWTN with church pop and everything. It's it's like quite the time to evangelize. It just really, I am amazed, you know, going back to what I was saying, is really the church has been at the forefront of what's new in communication. Social media was a thing, and, you know, this is, we have, they have to be there. They have to be where the the people are, the the sheep are. And I think that that's, and that's so interesting because they could have, Easily said, eh, this is not something we want to do. It's not, um, but it's part of the missionary efforts, right? I mean, look at look at go back to Paul's letters, and, and here he is writing to the communities, and that that is shared with the with with people in that community, and really that's a form of media. Let's be realistic, and of course it started with the oral with all the parables. I mean, Jesus was brilliant in using stories. And so I was reading some some management stuff because of some of the work that I do in teaching management and leadership and whatever. And and all the big management gurus now are saying, get rid of the PowerPoint, go to narrative, tell stories. Interesting. And it's like, yeah, Jesus did that 2,000 years ago. And those stories have held. And are still as compelling today as they were then, which is why we have them week after week coming out and why people remember more the parables so often because they just just, I mean, I find that when I when I preach that the story that I tell is usually the thing on the way out of church that people are talking about the the, the rest of it. I'm assuming that they pulled some of the rest of it but most of the time it's a, the the talk is about the story and some connection with their life and that's really media i mean when we mm-hmm. think about it that's a form all of that's really a form of media and church has been about this for centuries upon centuries it's just that this we've got all this new stuff now mm-hmm. uh, that's that's out there and really i mean we have the greatest story ever told the story of salvation the story of god's love for us um and I've heard, you know, scripture even be referenced as a love story. It's just this, this, the story of God reaching out and bringing back his creation to himself and how he goes about doing that. And so, yeah, I think that's a really good point, Father, that essentially as evangelizers, we're called to be storytellers and to use the means that are around us to do that. So how, are, how can we creatively retell the same story that has been the you know at the at the heart of our faith for thousands you know thousands of years. How can we repropose that or bring that to people in a new and fresh and exciting way? Yeah, I think I think the Catholic Apostolate Center 
as an organization has really seen this power of media. And I think that that's why we've spent so much time with it, um, engaging different types of media and seeing kind of the pros and cons or the benefits of using you know, either a webinar versus a podcast versus a Facebook live video, um, being on, on different social media accounts. I think that we've seen that power as an organization and, and we want to see how far that can go. And, and I think that that's been a very important part of our mission and it's been very central to a lot of our work. I think about like St. Elizabeth Ann Seton's conversion. She saw a Eucharistic procession come by the front of her house and she knew that that was Christ and that she had to convert. And the same thing on social media. People are scrolling through their Twitters or their Instagrams and they see uh, informative posts maybe from the Catholic Apostolate Center or from Pope Francis. um, And that might catch their eye and they might stop. Maybe they'll even click on the link and they'll be drawn in. So it's just a whole new landscape for evangelization so that brings up a good point we all we all have social media accounts twitter facebook instagram snapchat whatever it might be um what are some of the ways what are some of the ways that we um can evangelize or our listeners can evangelize through social media i mean tyler you were just talking about some of the ways that the catholic apostle center does that but I mean, certainly people share our stuff, and we share other people's stuff, um, and that in itself contributes to it all. But what are what are some of the ways that the, that you 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 uh, evangelize through social media? Well, I find that like being like too explicit is harmful, like like a fire and brimstone in your face, like you must convert or like this is the way you need to live your life. Like that is just never effective, and you actually like lose followers when you do those kinds of things. But I. When I ever try to like tweet evangelically, I, n- I normally just use like a favorite quote of a saint that's applicable, or um, I retweet Pope Francis at the Catholic Apostolate Center, or I follow some saint like different saints who are obviously deceased. Yeah, all these saints have, have Twitter Twitters. accounts. It's really quite fascinating. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> they, they post nice quotes or pictures from their life. So and, nice of them. To and keep what, up with what's them. really <laughs> say Vincent Pilati has one. <laughs> There's actually footage of saints in the 20th century. Like there's there's short video clips of like Mother Teresa picking up people off sidewalks, and um, like there's so many so many videos of Saint John Paul II. We live in an age where we can like experience saints, and it's a good point. You know, no, we're moving into a, a stage where no longer are saints, you know, limited to images and paintings mm-hmm. or the prayer card. Or, right, we are looking. We're at a point where. Saints, we can we'll be continuing to share video and audio of these saints for thousands of years. So that's a yeah. So fascinating I think point. I think sharing this images and quotes of, of saints is, has been helpful for me on social media, and seeing other people do that too has been helpful. You, you're you're caught up in your work day, or you're looking at sports on Instagram or the the news. It's refreshing to see a wonderful, inspiring quote from a saint reminding you, hey. Holiness is the first priority, just like Pope Francis said in Gaudete et Exalte. Um, and it kind of just, it's a good reorientation of where, where our head and heart should be at. Yeah, because I think it's it's easy to get lost in, in media and to just become completely distracted 
by it and disengaged and insular or, you know, just it's easy to create kind of a microcosm. Uh, this is what I want to see and this is what I want to be surrounded by and these are the images that I want to be, again, surrounded by. Um, but I think for me, when I'm using social media, first I try to limit you know, my use because I, I still want to be engaging with the world. And earlier we were talking about Catholic social teaching. And so we are called to be active in the world. And so I don't want to only be scrolling through feeds or checking out media. Um, so, so first I try to, to kind of use that time prudently and not kind of just, you know, let hours pass by. Um, but then I also personally, I just like to share different types of beauty or just things that are kind of wholesome or, or just that I, I, you know, I even things for my family life. I just don't think that people are really seeing a lot of beauty in their day to day. And I think that, you know, beauty is, is something that's compelling to everyone and that draws everyone in. And so if I could even, you know, have a picture of something in nature, that's beautiful. Maybe that would cause someone to say, wow, like, you know, what created that, you know, or, or just a picture of my family life, like, wow, you know, here's, you know, this vibrant life. And maybe I should, maybe that's something that is for me too. You know, maybe that's my vocation also. I don't know. So, so just, just thinking about what I share and trying to share things that, like you said, Tyler, inspire, but also draw people in and just showcase beauty that the world typically isn't showing even if there are a dozen years i've been using social media of various types it's really surprising still surprising to me the number of people who will when they see me live and in person will tell me about well this this post or this tweet or this thing came at right at at, at just the right time or i i'm really kind of following on i found that whatever inspiring and i think it's also not to go overboard now people kind of expect it as a as a priest sure yeah. but i think that that's something that i think my brother priests sometimes when they use social media need need some lessons in because i think sometimes there are some who can get a little fire and brimstone or maybe their witness might not be the best on social media uh, or they they just kind of see it as just this broad platform rather than see it as as no different than any other way in which one is communicating as a, a public representative of the church. And so what is it that I'm putting forward? No different than when I'm preaching or when I'm speaking to people or giving presentations or whatever it is. The humanness, yes, is there, in terms of, you know, human relating and family life and periodically, you know, I'll put you know, pictures of my, of, of my uh, nieces and nephews. Of course, I got, I got really slammed the other day when I, it was my niece's first Holy Communion. And so, you know, I said I would really like to get a picture of everybody, of all my nieces and nephews together. It's not that often. I'm not at, in my hometown that often. And my, my brother, who's her godfather, um, 
my niece's godfather got the first like me. He said, "Yeah." He said, and then and then you're just gonna count up how many likes you have on all <laughs> social media. And I said, "Well, you know." I said, "Yeah, yeah, you're you." And I, I and we were joking back and forth because we do that, but it. You know, we're four brothers, so that happens. Uh, <laughs> I think you understand I that, know what Tyler. That's like, yeah. But I, I think it's it's more a matter of no. I, I want people to say like, I'm yeah, I'm a real person. I've mm-hmm. got nieces and nephews, and hey, we're celebrating. I love when you uh, post about your mom. I think yeah, those are the best. Those are the best posts. <laughs> Shows that you know. Um, we all love seeing what your mom is doing back in Hamilton. So yeah, it's it's a, it's those kinds of things. But I think sometimes what happens is is that people can go uh, go overboard, uh, especially priests and religious, if they're not careful um, in in you know more of attraction mm-hmm. or just um, also overposting oh, and yeah. oversharing information. And I think that can be detrimental too. I think. We need to be prudent about how we use these different uh, forms of media, especially as a church, and um, not overly contribute to an already very overly saturated um, just sphere. That's why we put together, the center put together the whole social media crash course. You can just go to socialmediacrashcourse.com, and that actually takes you to a, a section on our site, which is about h- how to do some of this mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that is... Especially for organizations, yes, um, parishes and mm-hmm. organizations and people who are representing the church, like what's appropriate, what's not, how do we do it, how do we go about it? I found it very helpful personally. I, I just came across it a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's very thorough. Um, it has instructions about how to set up each individual account, each individual part, and I found it helpful myself. There are some like aspects of when when to tweet, when when to say what, when is, is it most effective, and things I, didn't, I never really thought about. But mm-hmm. you, can, you can time these things. You can be very, very intentional about these things, and it'll only help you get more out of yourself to reach more people. What I always find interesting is, let's just say I don't necessarily post all the time about, you know, religious items on social media. But when I do, you know, um, when I share an article or I share a saint image or something or I take a picture at church um, or share an image of a shrine or something right it always it's I always I do get comments sometimes I didn't know you were that religious I didn't know you were so like I didn't know that was it's just a part of your life it's a part of who you are and you know it when the mood strikes you, you you put it out there. And it's interesting, like you were saying, Father, people notice and they see that other side or they see this. You never know who is watching. You never know who's, who's going to see something. And you don't know who you're impacting by posting. And so kind of along the lines of what Kate and Tyler were saying too, you know, be cognizant of how you are presenting yourself and what you are presenting out there and be able to defend it or at least be able to, you know, recognize that someone might might have a question for you and it might be a good conversation. It might be an opportunity for evangelization or for education or for to share some more information with this person. I didn't know you were that Catholic. I don't, you know, I have a question about this. Or I have a question about that. And you need to be... Um, I don't want to say you need to be prepared, but you need to be prepared to to po- at least point them in the right direction. So many times, you know, at work, have I been 
asked, what if, what if, why do you guys do this? Or why do you guys do that? Or what is the point? What's, what's up with Mary? And, you know, it's like, what? And you want to be prepared um, to answer those questions or to point them in the right direction. And I think when you put that stuff out there on social media, you need to be prepared in the same way. I think that's one of the reasons why some people avoid putting it on yep. their social media. There's this fear of, I'm going to be asked something I don't know. It's okay to say you don't know. Right. Uh, but but there's that's one of the great things about the current media is you can look it up. There's plenty of resources. Yeah. The the difficulty I think though is how to discern what's you know the, the World Day uh, World Communications Day that ju- that just happened back in in January and Pope Francis wrote about fake news. But there's fake news within that's church. True. Yep. Yep. You know, and that's one of the things that I know we as an organization have tried to work work on very hard about is that what what's good what what really is true what really is beautiful what really is authentic teaching and what is this spun kind of thing according to a, a particular view or that type of thing which really one way or another on the ecclesiological spectrum which which gets played out in such vicious ways on social media, especially, and even with websites, some websites that get thrown up and like the person who really may not, ha- you know, doesn't have the theology degree or that kind of thing to discern what's really true and what's not. And then they make judgments based upon that. Yes. They will, you know, people will see something and they, oh, this, oh, this person posted it. It must be true. And then all of a sudden they're out there and they're off to the races and it's hard to get them draw them back so i agree it's always you know vet your sources and uh make sure you are um sharing something that comes from somewhere that you you know is uh, in a good space yeah and i wouldn't get locked into a silo on social media either it's easy to follow a lot of similar accounts that are often in their own silos and retweeting each other and um i think you need to search. You need to maybe, if you're not on social media yet, ask for guidance. Who who are the who are the good, trustworthy follows? I would start with probably Pope Francis. I would follow him. He doesn't need any more followers. I would follow <laughs> the USCCB. I would follow Catholic Apostolate Center. Um, that's where to start, and then you can branch out from there. But you know, there are your local bishop might be on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Most uh, are. Yeah. Maybe your local pastor might be on Twitter. Diocese, archdiocese. Yeah, there are. Catholic Twitter is a big, um, and we're not just talking about Twitter, obviously, but it's so easy for us to kind of think about it in that way. But guarantee that your church, your local parish, your diocese, wherever you might be, and not to mention dozens and dozens of other Catholic organizations out there, um, they have accounts. They have things that they want to share with you. Um, They want to reach the you know reach you where you are at that point in time um so i agree with tyler you know find find these uh find the folks you want to hear from um but don't necessarily um pigeonhole yourself. yeah and your parish might post on facebook like an event happening during the week that you had no idea about because i don't know i don't really pick up the bulletin i look on my parish's facebook site and oh, you're such a millennial <laughs> But, but, you, the, but it's surprisingly, and it's a form of media. I mean, let's it, when we look at media, the bulletin, yeah. the bulletin is still, still media. that print media that is still 
considered the. It's very in fact, effective. in fact, when the, the studies that have been done, announcements from the altar, from the you know pulpit mm-hmm. announcements as they call them, those are still the most effective wow. in most congregations. Would you believe? Mm-hmm. Not surprised. And Got then, and then after there. that, the bulletin. Yeah, where else am I going to know what funeral home am I going to go to when the time comes if I don't have a church bulletin? <laughs> <laughs> and space. a calendar. Where am I going to get my landscapers and my masonry? <laughs> <laughs> the forest. But can you find a good <laughs> diner? Well, yeah, hopefully. But that's a good boy. I mean, even the, but now the church bulletins, they're all being made electronically. And, you know, it's no longer is it cut and pasting and Xeroxing on the parish printer. It's where they're all being done digitally. They're being put online. They're being emailed out to the parish. Um, in and many they're put ways, on the parish's website. Yeah. And in many ways, those um, yeah, there's this thing out there called Flocknote and all these mm-hmm. email, um, you know, churches, res- yeah, yeah. churches responding to media. And I, I think it's a great thing. Well, and that's one of the challenges, though, when, when a church isn't yeah. doing that. And particularly in connecting not only with their with their current parishioners, but with parishioners for the, that that maybe people are looking for a church home, and they they're just there's just nothing there. Mm-hmm. They go to this the it, what's better to have nothing at all than to have dead media, mm-hmm. digital media. Whether it's the website or social media, or, or because usually what that will say to a person is this place must not have much going on, and and what what it, how is it then when it comes to mass? I agree so much. I think that's the, that's the biggest issue facing many parishes today. If you move into a new town or you're you're thinking about the faith, first thing you're going to do is Google Google your, the parish near you or Google the church, and if the church doesn't have a website or has a dead website. That person just moves mm-hmm. right on to the next thing that's not Catholic. Or if it's hard to find just the basic information, mm-hmm. where mass they're located, times. mass times, yeah, yes. all of that. Mm-hmm. It, so many parishes will bury mass times. Like, like, no, no, right on the front. That's mm-hmm. what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, confession times too. But I think when we look at uh, our, our friend uh, Vincent Pilati, he was big into publishing. He, he was putting out books all the time. Print, he was putting out print media. He loved print media. Uh, in fact, his first big project that he raised money for, his big first fundraising project, was the Eternal Maxims of St. Alphonsus Liguori in Arabic for Chaldean Catholics, wow. which wow. is now in modern-day <laughs> Iraq and Iran. Wow. Uh, these, were, these were the persecuted, you know, we were, here we are, persecuted Christians. These are those, those same folks. And they were being persecuted then in the early 19th century. And he, he was a very much engaged with the college where a number of these priests were being trained, uh, the Pontifical Urban College or the Propaganda Fide at the time. They were combined. And he heard about this from a lay theologian by the name of Thomas Alskuki. And he said, look, they, they need – he was told, look, they, we need in Arabic. We need materials. And so he raised uh, this. He raised money, got a group of people together to raise money to print and send these books. And the extra money afterward, um, he used to begin the Union of Catholic Apostolate, his his association of lay people, religious, and clergy, 
uh, that eventually our, my religious community came out of, Palatine Fathers and Brothers. But it was out of that publishing moment. And we've published ever since. Even my, my little province, like we've been, we've o- we're always publishing something, prayer cards and that. And this is part of the reason why we started the Catholic Apostle Center as a, as a ministry, because said, Here, here's another form of media. Let's, let's get in there and do that. But we've got um, radio stations, TV stations, web, you know, webcasting, all kinds of things around the world. Um, not because we're like the, uh, that, that media is our thing. We do all sorts of work. But that Pilates saw that this is a way to do missionary work. This is a way to evangelize. This is a way to revive the faith of Catholics is through media. And and use whatever means that you can. It's a great way to engage the laity, and that that was primarily Pilates' mission, mm-hmm. right? Yep, very much so, because it, it it's one of the ways in which they in, in which you can collaborate in order to to move things forward, move the mission of Christ in His Church. So uh, one of the things that uh, I think it would be good to share is the Catholic Apostles Center has come up with five tips uh, for social media. Um, and so the first one is be active. What does that mean? It's important to uh, to post on a daily basis and spread your posts out uh, throughout the day. And these tips are primarily, you know, they could be certainly used personally, but they were developed uh, for organizations and what could uh, parishes and other Catholic organizations do uh, better on social media. So number two, be comfortable. Post about topics that you're familiar with. Don't uh, overreach, and, and don't, but don't hold back in posting about what's most important to you. Uh, number three, be brief, right? We don't want long treatises on there. It is not a place for that. Um, so maybe use um, a quote, a fact, uh, an image, an image that says a thousand words, a, a, a prayer, or link to something larger. Number four, be current. Don't be afraid to engage in what's going on to an extent. Obviously, don't be um, engage yourself in the conversation that's happening so that you can show that here we are, we understand what's going on. Uh, and number five, be spontaneous. Remember that, you know, it's, it's a good place to have fun, but remember um, what you're posting will, you know, you're posting on behalf of a group and so as to not... Um, deviate from what that group or what you personally may be wanting to say. I think those are five great tips um, and you can find them on our website and, uh, and we've put some stuff out there about it. And I think it really boils down when people say to us, what can we do better on social media? How do we, how can we be better? Um, I think those are five great tips. Thank you for listening to On Mission. For more information on media and evangelization, as well as other topics, visit www.catholicapostolatecenter.org. Please remember also to rate, review, and subscribe to Catholic Apostolate Center podcasts on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the Catholic Apostolate Center. Please review and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts to stay up to date on the latest content from the Center and go to catholicapostolatecenter.org for more resources.